Hello everyone and welcome to Cryption XYZ, the new podcast covering diverse voices and the most unique stories. My name is Ved Lahana and I'm a strategy analyst at Bitpanda Pro as well as a DeFi investor. Every episode will introduce a new guest and tell their stories, from their beginnings to their current projects and to what their future holds. Join me and listen if you're ready to become a link in the chain. And our very first guest on Cryption XYZ is Taryn. Taryn is the president of the prestigious Cambridge Blockchain Society, or CBS for short. And we actually met at their conference recently, which is where we hatched the idea to have him on as our very first guest. He brings us an exclusive project announcement, the Metaverse University, a digital decentralized academic establishment created to further research, education, and innovation in the fields of Web3 and blockchain, both in the UK and globally. Not only that, we touch on how students should get into blockchain and Web3 and what the most important skills needed in the space. We also discuss CBS in much more detail and some of his other projects such as Nillian and Decent DAO. So join us and listen to Cryption XYZ. Hey everyone, welcome to Cryption.xyz. Um, here today we have Taryn and I'll let him introduce himself. Hello everyone, thanks Fade for having me on. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to this podcast. I'm a physics student at Cambridge University um, and also I'm the president of the Cambridge Blockchain Society where a bunch of students hacking away at all things Web3 and crypto here at, here at Cambridge um, and um, happy to be here. Perfect. Now, nah, thanks for coming on, Taryn. It's um, obviously we met each other at the CBS event the other week, which was really cool to attend. Um, and yeah, nah, I'm glad to have you on. And I'd like to definitely hear more about your kind of path into blockchain. So um, we'll come to CBS in a minute, but just a general question I ask all podcast guests, um, very basic. How did you yourself get started in the blockchain world? I actually got started in early 2020 when I bought the book Bitcoin Standard um, and I got quite deep down the rabbit hole of reading the white paper and reading the book um, and my actually intro was through like ocean e- uh, economics and like because I'd never studied economics in my life I found it quite interesting to be diving deep into like different uh, different aspects of economics and how uh, well how bitcoin fixes this and uh, <laughs> and i really like the idea of sort of like a decentralized open currency um which uh, which also you know innovates on the distributed computing so i guess that was my first sort of um path into blockchain and then since i've worked in a lot of different projects you know i got involved with community building uh, i was you know quite early I like formed discord servers and managed discord servers for some people and some projects um learned about DeFi um, and you know sort of like rode the DeFi wave uh, learned about loads of different DeFi protocols like Uniswap when Uniswap got released and uh, you know DYDX and the like um and since I have also taken some interest in development uh when over the summer I learned Solidity and full stack JavaScript um uh, through a boot camp by Encode Club, a bunch of amazing people. I loved nice. it. You know, it was you know, loads of lectures every day, uh, homework. We built a project at the end. Um, yeah, it was good. It was like, you know, really strong community. And now we're, you know, we, we sometimes talk, uh, even though it's been over eight months. And uh, yeah, over the last six months, I've just been like uh just diving deep into lots of various different projects and you know it's quite exciting to also uh be working out of bc i'm i'm uh an investment researcher of, of DeFi at op crypto op nice. crypto is a uh, venture venture firm based out of new york uh founded by people at large exchanges and so on and it's great to be you know looking at brand new projects and seeing how, how you can help them grow and uh, just seeing the space evolve from sort of a like sort of a third person perspective which is what VCs usually are on um, and yeah that's uh, that's more or less me you know I, I love all things uh, GameFi I love all things NFTs I love all things DeFi um, and uh, you know just like to read a lot of research posted on Delphi and Masari um, interact with loads of different teams um, and yeah, just building a community is where I got started and which is what I've done with the Cambridge Blockchain Society. 
Nice. No, I mean, you've just listed, I think, every single aspect to blockchain there probably could be. So nice. It's, um, it's cool to hear all your experiences and definitely hearing about how you started out um, and, and where you've got to is obviously such a large jump. So it's nice to see people who are passionate about crypto and blockchain rather than pumping and dumping, as some would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously for everyone listening, um, all of Taryn's links will be in the in the description and uh, down below, so you can check him out at any time. Um, so touching on CBS, because obviously you said that you were president, and uh, that's how I also got in contact with you by attending the event. Um, who are CBS, and why does CBS run what they do? Yeah, I mean, uh, CBS has had a long history. I can give a brief breakdown. Initially, mm-hmm. it was launched in 2016, and it was called the uh, Cambridge Cryptographic Currency Society. It was just a group of like five to ten like postgraduate students and researchers who were into crypto, and uh, they wanted they invited Vitalik, uh, the founder of Ethereum, to Cambridge for a series of lectures, and they were very impressed. Um, but over time, it sort of died out, um, and in 2019, it got revived as Cambridge Blockchain Society. Um, and for, for a year, year and a half, um, the previous committee, uh, the previous committees did some hackathons some workshops, uh, but no real community building. There was no discord. It was just managed through one really vanilla, uh, mailing list. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, yeah, it, it sort of like died out again because of COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. it was a generational opportunity. Crypto is a generational opportunity to not only make money, but make truthful impact on uh on people and like attempt to change the value transfer system in the world um and to mimic that cambridge is very well known for its technology and um especially advancements in health tech and software engineering um you know some of the largest like software companies and Mm -hmm. uh, tech companies are based out of cambridge like i worked at cmr surgical as a software engineering intern before coming to university for about 11 months um, they are a surgical robotics company who've built a surgical system uh, for laparoscopic surgery, which was extremely cool. I got, you know, introduced to like the language C for low-level coding. Uh, wrote a lot of Python, got to play around with the robot. And there's also companies like Arm. Arm's got about three thousand employees in Cambridge. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's a very, very large name uh, in hardware space. Um, Nvidia tried to take over Arm, and that would have that would have brought about 40 billion pounds into Cambridge's ecosystem, which is crazy. Um, and yeah, Microsoft, you know, Apple, Raspberry Pi is headquartered in Cambridge. So there's a lot of technological innovation. So mm-hmm. I thought uh, I approached the previous committee and um, sort of I wanted to build out the community of uh, crypto enthusiasts or Web3 enthusiasts or even sort of like highlight the different career opportunities, project opportunities in, uh, in this industry. Uh, mm-hmm. two students at Cambridge. So we started off um, in September, I set up the Discord. You know, we were bootstrapping. I found a few cool people who'd helped me build this, you know, amazing, amazing team. Um, and uh, we got the Discord ready and slowly but surely we grew to about nearly a thousand people on Discord. Um, and uh, yeah, in first term, we organized a uh, quite a few things. First was an introduction to blockchain event, which is sort of aimed for the layman because most students, well, 99% of students don't really understand what blockchain or what Web3 even is. And they are very skeptical because, I mean, rightfully so, there is a lot of mal, wrong behaviors in crypto, like yeah. pump and dumps and so on. Um, and like, they don't really m- help the people who are after something, after a career. You know, they yeah. don't want to pursue a career in something that is perceived as risky or, or a scam. So, we got that event organized and we had a series of like socials, reading groups, uh, where we read a lot of white papers. And, you know, we also thought of launching a uh, club wide consultancy where company, we get approached by a lot of companies for um, blockchain consultancy. And obviously we have to turn them down, but, uh, this is sort of a, like a huge opportunity for students to get involved if they are already into Web3 and, you know, have worked on projects before they're in a very mm-hmm. strong position to be able to advise a lot of companies. Um, on how to, you know, on technologically or strategically. Um, and um, that's still under, under the works. Um, and in and in November, I thought, you know, it'd be cool to talk to other presidents and other, you know, club leads on how they 
how they're growing out their clubs. So we founded mm-hmm. the University Blockchain Association, me and Simran uh, at Cambridge, along with Kayvan, president of Oxford. He's, yeah, he's, he's one of the smartest people mm-hmm. I know. Nice. And uh, and a few London-based clubs. Um, and now that, it's just a Telegram group, but we share about all things related to clubs, you know, share events and how we are thinking about doing things because we all are in a very prestigious sort of like, position where we have access to a lot of capital we have access to a lot of talent which is what the industry really needs and mm-hmm. we get approached by a lot of amazing industry partners and we don't usually have the capacity to be able to you know work on this so now that's grown to about 70 different yeah clubs all wow. of america including nice. the top schools and europe and southeast asia and yes yeah, we, we met at the cambridge blockchain conference which uh, which we bootstrapped in about two and a half weeks but we managed to put together an amazing day of events with a workshop careers fairs mm-hmm. um and we also had uh, you know some pr- pretty high profile uh, talks by uh, you know in the main panel we had stani from Ave, uh eli founder of starkware we also had like an amazing healthcare panel uh, and mm-hmm. on why blockchain adoption in healthcare has not been that um that sort of like you know, widespread yet and we yeah. also had uh, Justin Drake who's the lead of the Ethereum merge uh, talk about Ethereum 2.0 um, yeah. and yeah we, we had about 400, 400 plus students or uh, 400 plus people from all over the country attending it was great um, yeah and uh, in the future we uh, next term we'll be busy with exams but hopefully we 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 can just organize some meetups really that's the minimum we should organize for next time yeah no, I mean, touching on what you said about the conference, um, I really enjoyed Justin Drake's talk. I mean, coming into the spaces, not as a developer, not knowing anything. I've done a bit of front end, like I know JavaScript as a basic, basic level, but um, hearing kind of the detail that you went into and how how far deep you can go into the rabbit hole um, is crazy. So yeah, Justin Drake's talk and I guess all the speakers were really, really uh, enjoyable. Um, and it definitely was... Um, uh, I think it was very open for, for me personally as a layman. You you could definitely listen to the talks and know what they were talking about rather than just being lost, which sometimes I find myself in the crypto world. Um, touching on what you said right at the beginning of when you were introducing CBS that you thought crypto and I guess blockchain in general was a generational opportunity um, and talking about how you want to organize meetups and where you want to take CBS. What if I had to ask you and put you on the spot, which is a bit hard, what is CBS's ultimate mission or goal? Is it to improve accessibility or to reach or, or to reach a certain goal? I guess the ultimate mission is to harness, uh, Web3 has a lot of like faults, I guess. It's not like blockchains are inherently unscalable mm-hmm. um, and to scale up like the level of uh, like if you just look at payments uh, like in, in total, you, the USD undergoes like hundreds of thousands of transactions every second. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of like harnessing Cambridge's amazing talent here at university um, and like introducing those people to what has been uh, been built already. Um, and where the main areas of potential uh, potential new innovation are. And then just those people using CBS as a platform is not really meant to be a group or like is not really meant to develop its own reputation. I think CBS is just meant to be a platform for students to highlight their own projects and their own involvement. And where students, because I'm a student myself, I, I want mm. to help. I have so much to learn from other students here um you know like intel as a cto is a much better developer than me um and i uh, over the summer i want to you know hone my developer skills a bit more by revisiting solidity and a few other things uh mm-hmm. sort of like you so i want students to be able to use cbs as a platform to gain more exposure to the industry initially and then once they do that once they join amazing teams when they build amazing things add to the industry or build something even better than what blockchains offer because Let's face it. I mean, blockchains are not the dual end all. They are mm. an amazing advancement in, and can lead to a lot of innovation in lots of different sectors, as we can see in the decentralized finance. But at the same time, it's got a long, long way to go. 
and I want yeah. students at Cambridge to be at the forefront of that um, and uh, and just just to inspire new ideas uh, new creativity and like that's what we really want to do um, right now it's still like we're bootstrapping at CBS you know um, mm -hmm. it's almost like the society was just founded a few months ago um, and like we haven't figured things out at all um, and it will take us time to figure things out that's okay uh, yeah. it takes time but we're, we're going we're making several steps in the right direction and we've built an amazing student network and I think the best thing we can do in 2021-2022 the best thing we have done is sort of get students together uh, yeah. so that they, they exchange contact information and then stay in touch and discuss ideas amongst themselves sort of build a community but a community and then the community builds itself yeah no I mean definitely you guys have a very active discord uh, which I also leave down um, for people to access but it's 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 definitely a very cool community you guys have kind of cultivated and I guess what would be a short time um, if you could see it like that so um, touching on something you said there um, I, I also attended the near web development uh, series the first two episodes recently and obviously like I said coming from a non-technical background it's been cool to see the intros. It's been cool to attend all of them. I think it's very invaluable what you guys are providing there. So what you said, a platform, exactly that. Um, touching on, I guess, education, because that's what I'm talking about with the Near Web series. Um, what space in blockchain do you think needs the most education? And if you could, an ideal world, let's say you weren't bootstrapped, and let's say there was no restrictions on you, how would you provide that? as an individual or as CBS, whichever you prefer. Um, so if I understand the uh, question correctly, what areas in blockchain are the most interesting to look at? Is that? No, do you think need the most education? So what ones are the oh. hardest to navigate? Oh, I guess high level, uh, extremely <laughs> high level. My mom doesn't really understand what blockchain even is. Um, <laughs> like we like to think the Web3 community is a lot larger than it actually is. It's so small. It's extremely mm -hmm. small, actually. Um, I think out of the you know thousand or so students in CBS, I guess thousand five hundred students or so in CBS, probably about three hundred invest, like three to four hundred invest passively, hundred probably actively, um, and I'd say. Fifth, oh, actually, uh, there are quite a few developers here at Cambridge, but I'd say about 50 active developers within the okay. ecosystem and about 10 people actively working in the space. No, about 25 to 50 people working actively in the space. So okay. It's still extremely small out of, a, out of the university, a university with 25,000 people. Yeah. Um, so uh, I guess like higher level wise, what, how, like, web3 changes people's lives in in a way like how are nfts useful sort of providing that uh, layer for trusted reputable education uh, or resource channel that people like my mom can use to mm. to sort of learn more about the space and how it's going to you know like how the space is going to look five years from now so um so it is it is why uh, university-based research is so prestigious Okay. It is because universities over the last 800 years, like Cambridge has been around 800, 900 years, mm -hmm. built that reputation that has led to a lot of advancements in technology, a lot of advancements in regulation, compliance, a lot of advancements in innovation as well, just by research they have done, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like there's been so many like Nobel Prize winners, Oppenheimer uh, for the new clear new, uh, uh, the nuclear warheads or the nuclear yeah. missiles nuclear bomb mm -hmm. studied here in cambridge um roger penrose nobel prize yeah. in physics one of my heroes he studied here <laughs> in cambridge stephen hawking studied here in cambridge. ramanujan studied in cambridge as a yeah. newton studied in cambridge niels bull niels bull no i'm not sure if niels bull did uh and Dar darwin from uh, on yeah. evolutionary theory studied in cambridge so like they have built the reputation and it's a household name and people would trust uh like things coming out of cambridge like that's just uh, and like it's not it's not meant to be it, it's sort of like cambridge can be a thought leader in the web3 space really as, mm -hmm. as a university by doing hands-down research and like on the protocol layer i don't really understand most blockchains <laughs> like the way that the language they're written in or um or like accessible information on uh like 
on the protocol layer itself but application layer that's where adoption really happens right most people mm -hmm. don't understand how the internet really works how https even works so um i envision so like the major blockchains to just disappear disappear as in like just being the back end so like, yeah and, and users like with the play store they know facebook but they don't really know https yeah so that's sort of that sort of is the vision of most people in the industry like you know you as long as the underlying layer is secure scalable fast quick and serves a purpose then yeah why should it not just disappear yeah, no, I know. I mean, that is very true. I, <laughs> I speaking to my dad recently about, well, firstly about the podcast and also um, about joining Bitpanda as an exchange. He was like, "What? What is blockchain? What is cryptocurrency?" <laughs> and I was like, "Damn, that's a long conversation. And that's a difficult one to explain." So I, I definitely agree. I think the basic foundational layer of crypto would definitely a increase mainstream adoption, and I think. I think sometimes also the media narrative plays on the fact that um, it, it it is effectively, if you think about cryptocurrency, killing banks. And therefore, the traditional players in the biggest markets do not want banks to die. So um, steering that narrative towards the negative one is obviously something in their interest. So um, I think definitely there's, there is this kind of sense around crypto and blockchain that oh it's a scam don't trust it rug pulls blah 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 but yeah um yeah no i i can, I can definitely agree with you and i think i think on the career wise as well like most students right now our age are focused on getting that mckinsey goldman sachs or mm -hmm. city or all the major banking or consultancy uh internships i can see the merit in that you know like i only recently changed my mind on this um but like after after someone i respect a lot told me that being institutionalized in an institution like being an analyst level position for three years sort of hones your organizational skills um makes you you know a lot more professional uh, mm -hmm. gives you an idea of how, how companies and large scale businesses actually work and sort of bringing that experience and knowledge to smaller scale projects is extremely beneficial so i changed my mind on that I'm still not applying for any banking internships. I've turned down a <laughs> very, very large in internship. But like, but I think with most students, once they realize the generational opportunity, and also like, if you just look at trends, right? Most of the senior level people in banking are leaving banking, right? Yeah. Like it, it, it is, that is a trend. Like Interface, one of the companies in Cambridge, um, uh, who also presented at the pitch competition, yeah. um, they are onboarding some amazing people uh, from banking, like some of the C-level, uh, C-suite people. Um, and they are extremely excited. The, these C-level, C-suite people, regardless of what their institutions think, they personally are very excited about the web space and they want to enter. We can see people from Blackstone leaving. We can see people from like large trading firms who don't, well, who don't trade crypto are leaving into crypto native trading firms. Yeah. Um, we are sort of like seeing that transition happen. That same, like that we saw a similar transition again from banking and traditional finance to the internet industry yeah. back in like mid to the late 2000s. Mm. Um, you know, when the Googles and the Facebooks came about, uh, we sort of saw that transition as well. Yeah. No, I mean, even look at one of your guys' lead sponsors at the event, GSR. Um, I, I, I also have a personal, yeah, big up. I mean, I have a personal connection inside GSR who works on the investment side. And she used to work at a, a PE fund, a very big one in London. And she left um because she was so excited by digital assets and since she's joined i think their headcount has gone from 30 to almost 250 and she's only yep. been there for nigh on i think a year and a half so mm -hmm. they've grown massively yeah they are you know like well thank uh, i might as well mention gs has <laughs> a um uh, a uh, market making firm mainly based out of uh, i think based on new york but they've got a london office you know great mm -hmm. people really like them uh, they're doing some like exciting new things um so i can't say publicly but like some really really exciting new things i like the team and uh, they're amazing sponsors um yeah. and yeah like a lot of the people there are ex-banking um yeah. like you know some some people are extremely impressive i think a, a lot of like recent graduates from cambridge who worked at 
say um, McKinsey or some of the other trading firms or some of the other banks mm-hmm. are now leaving as well. Like you know, they they usually have like two 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 year probationary period or whatever at Goldman, mm-hmm. and a couple of my friends are leaving. So exciting new times. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I mean, even I don't know if you saw it this morning. <clears throat> Sorry, I don't know if you saw it this morning, but they had a slide deck leaked. I mean, on one of the slides, they said that Circle Finance and Ripple were two things that were the biggest opportunities for big finance players to get into um, in terms of um, payment structures. So, I mean, there's something, something as obviously Ripple has been around and it's a big, big name when you think about it. But when you think about someone as big as Goldman Sachs saying they want to integrate it as part of their payment section is, it's, uh, it's mind blowing, I guess. Um, and uh, I guess I guess we'll veer a, a little bit from my questions because I wanted to ask something about what you just said there. Um, what do you think? And this is a big question; it's a bit loaded, so you can answer it short if you want. What do you think is the sustainability of someone getting a career in blockchain? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, 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 I'm very early, so I'm, I'm not really sure either. I'm I'm only twenty, and I'm still just starting out um sustainability wise i guess like the skills you learn from it from being involved in early stage projects from you know either working at like i guess mid to large blockchain companies like bitpanda or uh, gsr who are still extremely small companies on the on the large scale of things um you can you can get that entrepreneurial exposure you need to the industry um mm-hmm. most crypto companies also like op op is great you know um, I've been part of the OPP team. Big shout out to David and Lucas. Uh, since November, I've written research reports. I I get to interact with early stage projects like almost on a daily basis. Um, you know, I've seen the team grow from like six people to now nearly twenty people. Uh, amazing, amazing team. From you know, uh, we have a couple of people from Oxford, some Wharton, uh, you know, Harvard, and David. He was uh, one of the directors at Hobby and yeah it's that sort of opportunity where i um, i work at op but at the same time i have the flexibility and independence to work on other projects and mm-hmm. also study my degree at the same time so that sort of aspect of doing multiple things at once is what i don't know any single person within the industry who are who are working less than two jobs <laughs> uh, yeah or, or, yeah yeah or who are who at least have like two projects on the go at the same time Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, I actually don't know any single person. Actually, yeah. Well, well, that's the beauty of it. I guess you have that flexibility that if you want to do multiple projects, it's not you're not tied down to a company. You're tied down to a project mm-hmm. which, um, which you are giving your time to, which obviously has a community behind it. So it's not like it's a, it's just a you thing. There's a there's also a force behind it, which is it's cool. It's cool. I guess. Um, We'll move on a little bit to another project that you told me about before we took the podcast, um, the Metaverse University. I mean, I guess you'd intro it best, so uh, I'll let you take the floor. Yeah, just a disclaimer, it's extremely early. We just want to do it extremely properly. And this is actually the first time we've gone public with it, actually. This podcast will be the first announcement of Metaverse University, I guess. Nice. Um, So um, what a plan, like, when when we actually set up the university blockchain association me me similar and a couple other people thought how can we like scale things up and then we also got approached by starkware and you know quite a lot of other companies who blockchain companies they have a lot of resources you know they made a lot of money first of all and second of all they want to expand the ecosystem and investment in education is sort of the long term long term sustainable way to grow ecosystems and to grow so that these uh, these students who go through the educational courses for example um they end up like becoming developers or becoming active contributors to the ecosystem so long term (laughs) it's extremely sustainable Uh, you can see that through like companies like the big four putting their uh putting their um employees through accountancy degrees um (laughs) and whatnot you can treat of it as a similar sort of way and like they usually don't have the bandwidth um the um bandwidth and their team to be able to offer these courses and also they need something that can scale up my first year because i'm a second year student my first year of university was completely destroyed by covid to the point where 
um, one of my tutors actually specifically said that we were the worst performing, worst performing year academically since World War Two. Um, like nice. that's, that's because, supportive. That's a good teacher, right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like he's 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 not he's not wrong to be fair. It's not like we're dumb, but like uh, mm. it was COVID was a shock to the education system. They yep. didn't know how to cope. I study physics. Physics labs are extremely hands-on and practical. Yeah, and they were done online. The Cambridge was not, not adapted at all. Sorry, Cambridge uh, Physics Department, but you guys did an extremely bad job. Um, like the like the lectures were online. They were fine. You know, lectures were okay. They were uninteractive. You could just pause to the point where most students didn't even get to watch most lectures. You know, they they went get a coffee and then one lecture, one hour lecture turns into a three hour lecture, mm. um, and so on. It wasn't fun at all. And he, we didn't make any friends. You know, everyone was locked in their rooms. Yeah. Um, and like there was no nothing social going on and it was not interactive at all. Mm -hmm. It was such a big uh, shock to the system. And if we think about if you think about this, right, there are places in, in like countries like India, some countries in Africa where they don't have the infrastructure ready for education. Um, and it, it will take years to get like formal education set up in those mm -hmm. countries. But what yeah. if access to internet and energy was the only thing they needed to access education and Google's their, Google's their king. But it's not structured, it's not uh, interactive. So yeah. I guess metaverses bring about that uh, sort of interactive aspect to online um, interactions, interactions online in a yeah. virtual setting uh, with you know sort of like value transfer mechanisms that blockchain brings about in place mm -hmm. to also make it attractive for students to, to learn and also for teachers to teach yep. um and I, I definitely think the future of learning will be online uh distance learning will be a new thing right like i want to be i want for uk based like sort of like a um prestige a, a, academic prestige of all the amazing universities of russell group in the uk they've got the mm. best sort of uh you know uh, education uh, educational systems in the world bringing that to uh, to countries which cannot access it and also mm -hmm. bringing that to the web3 space so you not only utilizing web3 based tools like metaverses um, and having having college based buildings and holding courses inside the metaverse setting also like just utilizing this uh, as well for the web3 based companies like mm -hmm. for example the near web series we're doing it's to be honest, it's great. I'm loving it. You know, I reached out to Nair. We Cambridge actually led the um, led the structure of it. Um, got a lot of other clubs involved, like Princeton, HKU, Bath, uh, Nair Foundation, obviously involved. Mm. It's not interactive though. It's not. It's not really that structured for the student, right? Like, yeah, we're not setting any homework certification. There might be some, but it, it's still great. You know, students get to yeah. learn directly. And for the clubs, you know, they get to learn how to teach courses. Yeah. So that's that's sort of what we're bootstrapping with that. If you just, how do we scale that up? Like have them constantly have trained instructors who are paid, um, and do it in a more interactive setting, and then make sure students are getting what they want out of it. For example, yeah. be able to offer scholarship programs, have access to you know employment, and you know also set up a one platform, which is extremely trusted by universities, bringing, as I said earlier, bring the reputation of UK-based universities mm -hmm. to this extremely early and amateur space, where very, very early, where there's a lot of faults, bring the reputation and doing good things with it um, by, you know, offering scholarships, offering for, for companies, offering courses, and for students offering those courses where they can learn. Training teachers who who'd want to be uh, you know teaching the next core of students and actually getting paid uh, really yeah. well to do so, offering scholarships for students, offering students direct recruitment pathways into into partner companies, and also for uh, on the companies then being able to access that talent from that talent pool. So sort of like yeah. a return on investment, as you can think. This is completely non-profit. Um, sort of like like thought leaders will be able to like strategically shape the narrative around the mm -hmm. web3 industry and and also the net benefit it can bring and at the same time they get to you know educate the future generation of leaders um and like that's sort of the most attractive uh, bit for it sort of like exploring knowledge-based systems and educational systems in, in the future through very like virtual interactive systems 
um, mm -hmm. and exploring the ethos for knowledge for all is sort of what we're trying to do for it. We're very early. Uh, the initial founding partners are looking to be UK based or uh, uh, universities from the University Blockchain Association. Yeah, uh, it's not been fully finalized yet, and also have like sort of like key cornerstone partners who are extremely committed to growing the uh, Web three space, mm -hmm. onboarding talent, like forming recruitment pathways, forming research hubs, and it's a very large project. We're not we're just two two three people bootstrapping it at the moment. Um, we've spoken to a lot of industry people, yeah, um, and they're all extremely interested. Um, and we are in early stages of setup. So obviously, if anyone listening wants to get involved, uh, just reach out. Um, I think the uh, email's info at the-university.io. Um, just reach out to that email. Um, and we're not hoping it to be, like we're probably not going to be calling ourselves co-founders. <laughs> we're hoping it to be completely community-run. We want a team of like, like a core team that obviously will um will we'll be involved in day-to-day -day. uh partners students who are extremely interested and can commit to learning like something full-time over a course of like you know four weeks or six weeks and we've we've already bootstrapped a scholarship program between oxford and cambridge over christmas where nice. we had about 60 developers go through a solidity course full-time it was great wow. you know those guys um it was it was a very very diverse group of individuals very very smart much much smarter than me most of them um much more experience different experience levels but uh the bachelor's undergrad degrees some mm -hmm. postgraduates some already some had already had 20 years of industry experience nice. um getting that sort of like that fee paid and also uh they got to present a project uh so the project which they're presenting in two days time oh, wow. to, to, to the others yeah so, nice. Yeah, so uh, that's what we're trying to do with Metaverse University. Um, it's a very large project, but it's still extremely early stage, and we don't want to sort of like promise things that we can't deliver on yet, uh, because it's we're limited. You know, the three of us. Well, it's a non-profit first of all. Mm -hmm. uh, second of all, we're all three of us are students, uh, yeah. so um, yeah, time-wise as well takes a lot of time to set up we envision yeah. it to be a proper university 10 years down the line uh be be able to offer offer certified courses yeah no of course i mean like uh, you, you've handed me some stuff and i've read it and it, it looks amazing especially as a non-technical person i think having that even even if you don't know how to code solidity or rust having the kind of background knowledge to know that that's how it runs or how that's how people write smart contracts is very important and i'm sure you can like vouch for me in terms of vc roles even though you're looking into the project you're looking into like the financials and there's more there's different aspects to it understanding the actual product behind it because you know solidity or rust or just have a basic understanding of how it works um is definitely really important and i guess or if it works yeah or if it works or if it even it like can it go on the main net does it need to stay on the dev net is it will it be audited is it possible like that's everything of understanding even like even understanding what dev net and main net the difference is is it's important and it's um it's something that can definitely elevate i guess your knowledge of the whole space so touching on i guess metaverse university and i guess students in general um why if if I was a student, should I get involved? And um, why do you personally want more students to be involved with blockchain? Um, there's lots of career opportunities. Like if you, if, regardless of who you are, if you're very technical, there's obviously the gold gold rush is for developers at the moment. But every every single project is usually looking for people regardless like, even if don't, if they don't advertise any roles if you just reach out you're probably uh, and if you if you are keen you'll probably get involved um that's the point where most projects are even the large companies like near foundation like mm -hmm. ethereum foundation and polygon and so on these these large large protocols and companies they're still quite early and if, if they if the people want to get involved regardless of whether they want to go into like business development into operations into sales into marketing into strategic uh, strategic partnerships into development into growth into talent acquisition into recruitment there's so many different opportunities for students to get involved and yeah. like it, because there's not enough data 
um, it's not really public yet, but blockchain companies pay really well. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, so, yeah. So I think most people, they apply for banking and finance is because it looks good to others. I, I definitely do think so. Like, uh, it's it sort of like signals that you're going to have a safe career. You're going to work at a top institution. You're going to make the best money on earth, which honestly, I, I don't think it's true. Um, I know so many companies who, who are paying like really, really good money uh, for students, for, for good talent. Um, mm-hmm. And like, regardless of the role um so i just think like students if they want to gain gain exposure entrepreneurially like get entrepreneurial exposure or gain exposure to to just wider industry and know a lot of different people form connections i guess networking the term networking is used a lot at universities if they want to do actual networking work with different people on different projects build the reputation cryptos web3 is the uh, I guess I shouldn't be using the word crypto because it's got negative connotations. A lot of the time. <laughs> um, I guess the, the industry is web amazing three. for that. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I mean to the point definitely. where to, to the point where you get if if you're very new, you just need to spend a few weeks learning, see what you're interested in, and just narrow down the focus a little bit. Yeah. And then it doesn't. And if it just means that you're not interested in it. 10 weeks down the line that's fine just switch go into something else initially if you say DeFi is your point just like learn uniswap just read the uniswap version 2 yeah. which i think is really good yeah. and then like if you don't like it just go on to nfts if you think nfts are amazing <laughs> just like get involved with nft communities learn from them get, like actively contribute like you can just you can just be a community manager community manager roles yeah. are very important for each community definitely no i mean i would argue probably I would say the most important because you have developers, but I would say as a as a non-technical role, I think to be honest, community management and community lead is probably one of the biggest. And um, uh, I guess you kind of answered my other question, which was where do you see non-technical students going? So I'll leave that one out. Um, but I guess if we could give out, and also I can vouch for it myself. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a developer. I'm not a technical person. I do politics and econ, which is the furthest thing away from it. And now doing an internship at Bitpanda which is one of the biggest exchanges so um definitely like you're saying (laughs) thanks man no I mean it's definitely important for everyone to know that um the non-technical side of things as well is very very open um so definitely I guess um uh, I guess question or I guess a tip tips or we can give to people what would be your like five things that you would do if you are completely amateur you're you don't know anything about anything blockchain crypto wise would there be even two or three things you would suggest i mean i'll i'll put there i'll put one out there and um say join cbs discord and also get a discord account set up um Mm -hmm. and and a metamask wallet that that would be my first Mm. tip i agree uh those are really solid join the cbs discord (laughs) i think the resources page on cbs is actually great if you just yeah. scroll all the way up and then scroll down you can probably gain like information about most aspects of the industry like nfts there's all i've also posted like some really good beginners guides yeah. um you know which which link to simple things like the bitcoin which which will which will take you nearly a week to go through like properly mm-hmm. um in my paper there's you know just the, like what i usually think is great is getting involved in communities so discord is great and also like finding a group of people close to you like physically and who are friendly and just getting involved with those group of people learning from them um they'll learn from you that's the best way to do it you definitely don't want to be alone um you know just reach out get involved in the community that is great and i i am very very bullish on in-person interaction so they like it it could be uh like that conference (laughs) yeah it was great with events it was great with all of that the point was to get the community together in person rather than just like just talk on discord that that yeah i I definitely think find someone that close to you um i I think every major city in europe now um has like local crypto clubs um Mm -hmm. or like blockchain clubs or something so just reach out be part of them start making friends second of all there's loads of like generic readings you can do which are great give you an overall um overarching view uh first thing i'd suggest is the bitcoin my paper second thing is misari's sort of like thesis on 2022 that they post in december which yep. 
I've spoken to Ryan a couple of times. He's he's an amazing guy. Um, and like that that sort of like gave it's not brief at all, it's 122 pages, I think. So <laughs> it's not it's not short at all. So take your time with it. It will give you like or you can use it as a guide, you know, if you're interested in NFT, just go to the NFTs uh, yeah. NFT sections. Um that's one. I guess community is one, Bitcoin white paper is one, MetaMask wallet. Um, yeah, be, be be careful with your money though. Um, yeah, I'd say definitely. like once you are, you know, interested, you know, obviously get interact with different DeFi protocols, make sure you know how it works. But like, there's lots of silly mistakes you can make. UI, UX, and crypto is still so bad. MetaMask is yeah, horrible, man. Uh, like I fat fingered so many times. Like I paid, <laughs> I once paid over a thousand dollars in just one single transaction, a transaction on Ethereum Gas, oh, uh, which no, just hurt me. And yeah. I've like I fat fingered to different wallets and I've lost money. <laughs> yeah, there's so many mistakes you can make. So like getting all of the community will just probably like save you some money as well, so you don't make these mistakes. Yeah, disclaimer: this is not financial advice. <laughs> None of it is fine. Like when you set up your MetaMask wallet, do with it whatever you want. But yes. I'm a firm believer: if you're interested in something, and like like time is the biggest investment you can make. I agree. Right. No, I, know, I know people writing away, like doing five-figure trades and like doing large, large, like I know people doing like large, large trades and not yeah. researching properly. Uh, so like, I think oh, this is great. I think for a podcast, Novel once said, Novel Ravikant, the entrepreneur mm-hmm. and founder of Angelist, one of the le- like what one of my heroes. He actually yeah. once said, uh, um. If you're uh, first of all set an aspirational hourly rate, right? It could it needs to be as silly as you think, like the silliest thing. I mean, uh, even last summer I worked for uh, like Hermes as a delivery driver. I didn't really yeah. make much. Like I left in ten days, but I made two hundred and twenty pounds in ten days for ten hours a day. So like yeah. nearly two pound twenty an hour on average. So like yeah, I worked at a COVID testing center last summer. Uh, made about eight pound an hour, but sent like set the silliest hourly rate you can think of but also a bit like realistic that you'll probably be able to get that in two years if you work really hard for it for me yeah. it's like anywhere between 500 and 1000 dollars an hour set that rate right and then make sure that the uh, the things you read well or, or the things you interact with sort mm-hmm. of meet that hourly rate so like reading books Right, like right now, I'm reading. Uh, I'm actually reading David Goggins. Can't can't hurt me. I'm listening to his audiobook. I'd recommend that to everyone. It's amazing how to, how you set, step out of your comfort zones, um, and how how you should step out of your comfort zone in mm-hmm. in places where you don't think, um, you know, it, it, and how it can help you, and how it can be an amazing return of investment, right? Yeah, of your time. Um, or education, like learning, like near web series. Do you want to learn more about near protocol or development? Just do that. If you want to learn solidity, just do it. Yeah, amazing yeah. return on investment of your time. Um, but that, and then at the same time, if you think, like I used to be a tutor as well. I used to tutor A level and GCSE students for maths and physics. Yep. I loved it. You know, like right now I have one student. Uh, I'm not charging him, um, but like his GCSEs are close, so I can't really give up on him. But like, I'll stop tutoring because yeah. I don't think it was like that good use of my time. But at the same time, I enjoyed it. It doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. I also like yeah. working with high school students. So I gave like a t- series of, like a talk at Leeds Grammar School in Leeds, which I, where I am right now. Nice. So, you know, that that's, that's really like, I think if you are interested in something, invest your, your time and your money uh, or your time with your money. Like your time yeah. is like the most valuable thing. And I should probably listen to my own advice as well. <laughs> no, I mean, definitely. I mean, you touched on that. You want to do solidity this summer. So I'll, I'll, I'll make sure. To, rushed, to, rushed. To... I want oh, to learn yeah. Rust this summer. Really? Now, Rust, yeah. Rust is definitely a cool language. I, I do think, though, um, to be honest, if everyone learned JavaScript, obviously that's a big ask. But if you could learn JavaScript, you, do, you have a huge tool. You could do website development. You could definitely go into crypto and blockchain from there. You could definitely go into Solidity. So I, I would say also as a tip, if you're if you're a bit nerdy and you like something that's a bit more technical, then definitely just try and learn the basics of JavaScript and it would um, definitely elevate your your understanding of how everything works. Oh, you kind of need it for Solidity as well. 
Yeah. Uh, and having like, that's why Solidity is great for like JavaScript based um, developers. Most web developers are JavaScript based. Yeah. So if they are, if you've got already a lot of experience in JavaScript and like web development, you'll catch on Solidity in no time. Like syntax yeah. is easy. Um, like security wise, I mean, you already are. Um, yeah, you, you already th- have thought about security as a web developer. But yeah, yeah, I agree. That's a good, very good advice. Nice. Um, I guess that kind of finishes off our educational uh, side. And I guess we'll come on to kind of what you do more. We, we spoke before and uh, you mentioned the product you're working on called Interface Finance. So yeah, I'd, I'd love you to speak more about that and kind of tell me more about it. Actually, yeah, I'm not I'm not spending a lot of time on it recently because of studies. Um, mm-hmm. But my friend Justin Kirk, he's a CEO and co-founder. But at the same time, he's a uh, he's a medicine student, uh, postgraduate medicine student at Cambridge. So interface is like sort of like aiming to be the gateway to Web three, where you have a simple to use interface, uh, simple simple to use front end, which sort of forms the interface between that your front end and and web3 in the back end so like having having a platform where you can simply on-ramp cash so deposit fiat money and and get stables uh have an easy to use like a custodial or non-custodial wallet solution which is extremely decentralized and more secure where you Mm -hmm. own your own private keys yeah and and integrating that in the same platform as a um as an investment sort of app where you will also have uh, like it, it, it would look like uh, you, you are investing and getting interest in return. Like yeah. there are some investment apps at the moment. I forget the names. Uh, like traditional investment apps, you just invest in a basket of things, yeah, um, and you get six percent a year, seven yeah. percent a year. Mm. Uh, and in the back end, the real work is done, where uh, that money is does then gets deposited in like different liquidity pools and uh, and yield farms, and then that nice. that money is put to work and directly offered to um to uh, to the users. That's what we're trying to build, sort of like the gateway to decentralized finance or the interface to decentralized finance. Yeah. And through this, um, you'll also be able to get. Uh, interact with loads of different uh, decentralized exchanges like Uniswap, have a easy to use front end to the Uniswap uh, Uniswap app. Yeah. Uh, interact with liquidity pools on Uniswap through the uh, interface uh, token. Um, and yeah, so that's what it's sort of like similar to Argent, the wallet, but yep. uh, decentralized. Argent's not decentralized. Yeah. No, uh, so bringing the power of decentralized finance to something that is like an app that is secure and well aims to be decentralized rather than having um you know having a, an exchange wallet where you don't own your private keys you can't interact with decentralized exchanges you, you, you yeah and uh, you know, as we can see like you have to go through uh, you know interface you will still have to go through KYC ML, but then there's also like uh, things like um restrictions on trading and there's restrictions on withdrawals and so on which which is, is quite difficult. Um, obviously, interface wants to be regulatory compliant. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's that's one of the example of the projects that are coming out of the Cambridge ecosystem, um, mm-hmm. and like having access to you know UK based talent is what we are aiming to do. Uh, Justin's yeah. great. So if you guys want to, uh, the guys listening, um, if you people want to learn more, just visit interface with uh, int three face dot finance uh no interface yeah dot finance um and the website is quite like old uh outdated but there are some contact information and uh and i'll also leave it down below for for anyone to access as well as a link so people can look at it through there um uh, yeah to be fair um i was looking at today there was a Binance actually came out with a fiat on ramp, no, sorry, fiat mm-hmm. off ramp, where they take like institutional clients, and they have an off ramp for any any crypto that they own. So, I think definitely being able to introduce fiat as an on ramp for the mass market would be very important. Because obviously, even if you have a MetaMask wallet, you still need to buy it from somewhere. You still need to buy it from a Coinbase or a Binance, and then send it over. And then if you write in the wrong address or you don't know how to copy the address and put it in, then that's all gone. So even the concept of having like a hard wallet or having that kind of security, like you're saying with KYC or KYMC, um, 
is 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 really important and um i definitely think in my opinion i don't know what you would say taran but i think kyc is probably a little bit more needed um in the crypto space at times uh, at times but at, not at times, i mean anonymity is sort of like the beautiful aspect to crypto i guess but at the same yeah. time you want to be as regulatory compliant regulation is quite good for the space good regulation there's no such thing as good regulation regulation is regulation <laughs> but like yeah. highlighting that the space is important and which mm. ongoing regulation does highlight that that it is getting traction and that it is going to be a like genuine industry rather than it just being like what we like most people point back to 2013 and 2016 uh where you know bitcoin was mostly used in silk road and uh with uh, with drugs and trafficking and whatnot yeah. which you can't ignore um but at the same time like lots of other industries were bootstrapped initially um and uh yeah so i agree i completely agree so you yeah. know the future of future of crypto is looking like something like where as i said earlier like most of the major blockchains just disappear in the back end uh like https and uh, the world wide web did Mm -hmm. And just like application layer being visible to most uh, most users, uh, where there's smooth integrations with the protocol layer. Yeah, no, definitely. Layers, yeah, like, multiple yeah, layers. Multiple layers now. <laughs> much more, mm -hmm. multiple layers are going to be developed. But yeah, no, it's, yeah. I definitely agree with your opinion there. Um, uh, I guess also, uh, you could let me know some other projects you're working on, or, or if there's any you'd like to discuss, then it'd be great to hear. I think uh, the best one to discuss now is NFT.com. Sure. Um, I, I've been involved in NFT.com only for a few weeks, but it's launching next month. Uh, it's sort of, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very exciting where NFT.com is actually aiming to be a go-to platform for NFTs. It's okay. built on a marquee sort of domain name. Um, you know, it's, it's backed by like amazing founders um, and like aiming to be, aiming to be a decentralized community of all things NFT. Uh, initially, uh, it will be a, um, a DAO-governed uh, NFT marketplace uh, and sort of like offering the value point for both creators and consumers uh, and collectors. Um, you know, like obviously the uh, domain name is quite a marquee asset, but off like offering one sort of go-to hub, basically the Facebook or something for NFTs or the Google mm. or, or the Google for NFTs, but uh, like or angel list sort of NFTs, you know, like offering yeah. that go-to platform rather than OpenSea. OpenSea has security issues. OpenSea is very centralized and yeah. lots of trading fees and that's just revenue for the OpenSea, uh, OpenSea company. Looks yeah. rare, rare with its tokenomics. Where, uh, but at the same time, offering that sort of uh, ownership, community-owned community -owned marketplace is great and the yeah. most exciting bit is that your profile will be owned by you so nft.com slash evade the mm. domain itself will be owned by you like you own if you like own an ENS. ens like yeah. an ens basically right. uh, if you own vade.eth uh, you own that domain right it offers yeah. your ownership where in the back end it, it is kind of quite centralized so it relies on uh, an ens based entity to have ownership uh, okay. of that of that domain itself but if ens itself um uh is governed by a decentralized community yeah. uh, it is a dao ens is a dao and it gives you ownership yeah. of that of that domain nft.com slash raid will be owned by you and it will nice. be sort of like a uh it will be an nft that you own in your wallet it will be tradable um and it will sort of initially uh, be offered as a personal sort of nft gallery and form your okay. like form the foundation for your online sort of presence and build out the web3 social network that nice. will be built later on so yeah initially like you know it will consist of a down marketplace your personal profiles a directory um okay. like a research hub or a directory which will be sort of like a google for nfts and researching mm -hmm. all the major um you know nft collections and yeah. like have like cross-chain data and analytics for all things nfts nice. um basically like what coin market cap does for tokens offering yep. that on the nft on nft.com it'll also nice. have a launch pad for brand new uh you know innovative creators so like decentralizing access to communities and access to um 
financing and so on, uh, bringing that community aspect, bringing NFT.com's communities, community to various different uh, artists and um, users and their communities. So yeah, that's probably the most exciting. Um, it's launching next next month with Genesis Keys. Nice. Um, and those Genesis keys will be uh, will give users the right to mint NFT uh, personal profiles. Nice. Um, that's uh, yeah. It's looking like it's gonna be sort of like there'll only be ten thousand. It'll be completely scarce, and only the Genesis NFT uh, NFT holders will be able to mint user profiles. Uh, for now. Yeah. No. No. That's very cool. I mean, um, that, that sounds very cool. I mean, I could definitely see myself using it i i actually looked up my own ens the other day and it's really expensive it's like uh i think it was about 800 dollars. i was like that that is a lot for an ens but that sounds very cool i mean i could definitely see a lot of people using it in terms of showing up showing off their board apes or showing off their crypto punks or taking the gallery um and personalizing it and um i guess two questions i had um a would it be in the metaverse or would it purely be a platform and um Two, uh, it's not a question, it's more concept, which uh, I mean, I guess we can discuss it another time, but it's interesting to consider. I actually spoke to someone earlier this week and they spoke about using an NFT for capture, but in terms of a wallet. So instead of having to log in, because every single time you go onto MetaMask for a transaction, you have to log in and then there's sometimes two step verification. So um, it'd be interesting to definitely have some sort of capture or like a recapture NFT for your MetaMask wallet. That's just concept. But yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear if, if you guys would ever introduce that as a metaverse gallery type of thing. Maybe, maybe down the line. Um, I think uh, the team is quite tied up actually forming the tech, like building that marketplace, making sure mm. that it, you know, it's extremely secure um and launching like building a community around it that's that's what we are um uh you know doing some of the founders you know like uh, some were founders of you know large web3 projects like reserve Hedera, um good money and you know somewhere mit graduates and so on so there's very very strong nft collectors within the initial community as well like uh you know some of the founding partners are going to be like cosmo Cosmos, one of the world's largest NFT collectors, he bought yeah. he bought an NFT for like two thousand ETH nearly uh, a few weeks ago, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, and the founding team has like you know some of the rarest board apes. Um, wow. So uh, for now, it, it is going to be like the go-to NFT platform. Obviously, Metaverse NFTs form the basis for the Metaverse. Um, yeah. So you know, having that sort of like as a next step would be great. Um, but we are hoping like we are extremely certain that nft.com will be uh, sort of like a marquee website like crypto.com or google.com or facebook.com or yeah. uh, you know some of the larger like amazon.com 10 years 20 years down the line yeah i mean uh, definitely yeah. just purely by domain hey i could definitely purely see by domain and also forming their reputation as well yeah definitely yeah. i mean having um I know OpenSea recently raised, I think they had like a $13 billion valuation and obviously has to come from somewhere. Crazy, right? It can't come from, can't pluck the number out of the air. So the revenue that they're making has to be, has to be quite sizable, definitely. Like, so, yeah. I, I sometimes think how much revenue Axie Infinity does, right? Like yeah. they charge 5.25% trading fees on these transactions. And FG.com, uh, it, it will just be 1%. Uh, wow. So and that one percent gets distributed to Genesis keyholders. So that's cool. All of it, a hundred percent of that, um, uh, will be distributed to. It will be no like you know off that one percent. If fifty percent is gone to some uh, treasury, but like it, it overall yeah. gets distributed to the treasury and the um and the uh, Genesis keyholders. So yeah. that's that's quite the that's the sort of the vibes we're going for. Not not corporate. Yeah. Not 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 transparent. Not uh. Not opaque, but fully transparent, fully, uh, fully community governed. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, sort of like uh, also initially launched by the founding community. You know, the first sort of thousand mm. people who who got involved. Yeah, and then obviously as the as the NFT like ecosystem expands into Solana and Polygon, I'm sure you guys will keep up with that, and that'll be that'll be cool to see other chains on there too. Um. 
yeah i guess uh, i, I yeah. guess if, if yeah i think i think that's everything covered if you want to talk about any other projects then um do, do go no for it, uh, i think this this was amazing this was my first podcast actually ever. so <laughs> i uh, did you did pretty well it's mine too but i i think i no. think hopefully listeners will be impressed i think i think it was no. pretty good <laughs> i think everyone guys like ved is doing an amazing thing by bootstrapping this um you know sort of like offering a platform for people it's like initially in the uk uh in blockchain who are doing things uh, so i'm definitely very supportive well done with it was my <laughs> pleasure to be on uh yeah it was great it was a good conversation very good conversation no no thank you to you taryn as well for your time i know um i know you're a busy man you've got lots of projects like we were talking about to attend to so mm-hmm. no and it's been um really cool obviously to attend the event and meet you and like you were saying you're very bullish on in-person meetings so evidence has shown through this so no thanks for your time thanks for the conversation um it's really great and obviously everyone who's listening um all the links about everything we've discussed will be down below so um if you want to check anything out thanks for listening i'll leave cryption xyz make sure to follow us on twitter and instagram um reach out xyz we're both very open to welcoming you guys have more questions so stay tuned for much much more perfect see you guys soon thanks 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 for listening to cryption everyone take care